Let's give that to Him. Let's love the Lord. Can we do that? Oh, there's such a beautiful presence, the Lord, that's in this house. Come on, can you stretch your hands as high as you can get them? Just love them. Hallelujah. Oh, my heart, my heart is touched this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Brother Booker, for the word of the Lord. I love the word of God. I love the word of God. I brought a Bible with me this morning. And it's it's neat for me, Brother Booker. Uh, many years ago, I think it was 20, uh, 15 years or so ago, and he was preaching to young ministers, and I was sitting on the front row, and I literally felt like I was ingesting what he was preaching. It was so vivid and raw, and I wanted it. I still want it more than anything. And as he was preaching, he came by and he grabbed my Bible and he bit it. And you can't see, but I have a perfect imprint of dental records, as it were. And uh, I wanted to thank Brother Booker today for teaching me how to love the Word of God. Amen. And every time he preaches, it makes me love it and want it all the more. Amen. Appreciate that lesson this morning. Amen. And uh, I want to make sure that I have more than formality, but I have a revelation of who He is and who I am in Him. Amen. I do not want to just be caught in the acts of service. I want to be caught in the midst of the revelation of who He is. Amen. The mighty God in Christ. Amen. But I, I want to be a part of His plan, the, the plan of the book of Acts. Luke, the 23rd chapter, if you have your Bible, amen. I, I am in a twofold precarious situation today. I stand before you in lunch, and uh, I'm short as it is, and going after Brother Booker uh, has a way of compressing one. And so, uh, thus, this is my slot. But I feel very, very confident God confirmed the word today. His text, and God brought a word. He brought a word. And so I'm going to just try to hop on the end there and uh, and see if I can do what God's asked us to do. Luke 23, verse 1. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him, the him being Jesus, unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar saying that he himself is Christ the king. Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? Notice here, Jesus, he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. Verse 4, Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And they were the more fierce, saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. As soon as he knew that he belonged under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, 
who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. Pay attention to verse 8 and 9 here. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season. Herod loved God. I, I believe he loved everything about it. He, he was excited. He was glad. He, he, he was desirous. It was a good thing. Because he had heard many things of him. And he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Verse 9 is such a daunting verse. Then he, Herod, questioned with him, Jesus, in many words. Literally, one writer said he did everything he could do to get Jesus to talk to him. But the Bible says he questioned him with many words, but he, Jesus, answered him nothing. Nothing. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I, I want to preach this afternoon on this thought. The night that the preacher died. Or, if you don't like that one, you can use long live the preacher. But I'm going to stick with the first one. Put your Bible down. Help me pray today. Lord, I already feel your word is confirmed in my spirit. Thank you for what we already feel. God, I feel yet there is a little bit more that you would take us. God, in your presence, not, not because I'm here, but Lord, something began to happen in this tabernacle that I felt to the depth of my soul. And God, even now as I'm praying, Lord, I, I struggle to hold my emotions in because I feel a, a river. <laughs> I feel a well of your presence, God, yearning to break and bust into this house. Oh, take us past duty. Take us past the superfluous. Take us past, Lord, the shallow things, the habitual things, Lord, that we are so accustomed to. And let the Word of God talk to us today. If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord. One more time. Oh, Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. I'm so thankful for this opportunity. I do count it a great honor. I do honor Brother Shoemake, Pastor Shoemake. I love him. He is a... A bulwark in my life and a foundation in my life. And I do love him. Elder Shoemaker that's here, the bishop. I love every one of these great men of God. I don't want to get into name and names, but I, I really appreciate men of God. Raised in a pastor's home. Um, I've been raised in a tabernacle, if you will. And the older that I get, the more thankful that I am for men of God that bring the Word of God. I've come to realize emphatically that without a man of God, I cannot hear from God. I've got to have a voice, and I've got to have a man of God that puts his hands upon the horns of the altar and calls from heaven, and that have the DNA of my destiny upon them, and he brings them to me and literally breaks open the words of life. I, I cannot live without this beautiful thing called the voice or the preacher. I feel like God has begun to deal with me that, that there needs to be a healing 
in our receiving and our hearing of the words of God that are given to the man of God in our life. I'm here today to tell you that I believe what the man of God preaches to me with everything inside of my heart. I do not place it upon the tables of carnal equation. But when the man of God is preaching the unadulterated word of life and truth, the anointing of God, the spigot, Brother Booker said, is he, he gets something. I'm telling you, I, I do my best to open everything inside of me and receive the engrafted word of God. I think about when God stood on the brink of nothing and spoke into a void, literally the voice, if you will, of the preacher spoken to nothing and the creational word of God filled the void and there was separation, there was life and there was order. We can talk about Ezekiel. Literally, he spoke to death. It was, it was the same, same word. The same word that was in Acts chapter 2 when Peter stood up and began to preach. And, and the breath, the pneuma, the wind, the creational word of God was breathed into a borrowed upper room. And the voice of the man of God began to tell people, repent and be baptized. Amen. He began to tell them the promise of the Father was emphatically the Holy Ghost. I, I could think about Moses and Aaron as they stood trying to hold together the mess that Korah had stirred up among the people. You can read, I believe it's Numbers 11. The Bible says that, that literally the Spirit of God began, uh, it began to consume them that were on the uttermost part of the camp. I don't want to preach on that today, but let me just tell you, Amen. It's not a good thing to live on the outskirts. We heard it preached this morning. And live on the outside of what God has for you. The judgment of God always starts on the uttermost part of the camp. But, but Moses and Aaron, the Bible said, the preacher, our man of God, he stood between the curse and the people. And the curse was stayed. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm thankful today for a man of God that stands between me and the surety of a recompense of my reward that I cannot handle nor facilitate. But standing between me and what I deserve is a red-faced apostolic preacher. Amen. He's, he didn't sleep all night so I could sleep all night. He stays on his knees so I can stay on my feet. Can I preach today? I'm glad for the man of God. I'm thankful for the voice. Preacher. So today there's a call to get closer. There, there's, a, there's a call to, to, to find ourselves back in the place where it all began. There's times when I haven't been able to pray, but the man of God can help me, my covering. I wonder today, and what a thought it is, where I would be if the man of God had not prayed over me. I want us to think about it today and I go slow on purpose because I, I, I want this to, uh, at the onset, to settle in our minds. I, I, I don't even think that we realize the things that we have been kept from because of our man of God, our pastor in our life. God's voice to you and I 
comes through this man of God. If it's God's will, and this is just what I believe, if it's God's will, my pastor's going to know it. Because God never violates, skips, or overshadows His order. Amen. That's why Habakkuk said, though the, tarry, the vision tarry, wait for it, for it shall surely come. I've learned to say, keep on preaching, Pastor, because I'm going to keep on believing to what you're preaching comes to fruition in my life. See, I'm preaching to people today that think the man of God and the voice of God is an opinion. No, it's not. It is a word from heaven, and it's fitly spoken. It's apples of gold and pitches of sin. It's the perfect poem in prose. Amen. It is life. It's joy. Amen. And it's more. Than I can comprehend. William Butler Yeats wrote in early 1900s, after the staggering loss, the hands of men in Western society's belief structures had crumbled, and including religion and, and and really morality, if you will, and the value of life, and was falling apart. And he he wrote these words. He said, "Turning and turning in the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear." The falconeer. Things fall apart, the center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood dimmed tide is loosed in everywhere. The ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Somewhere something had been lost. Somewhere something had been devalued. And now they found themselves living so beneath what they literally could in the fullness of their potential. Matthew the 13th chapter. Amen. We could read, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they are seeing, they that see, see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in these people that in hearing do not hear, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. By say, hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing. Ye shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's, this people's heart is wax gross. That literally, they're so full. They're so blessed. The, 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 the veracity of God's favor upon them. It's so much that their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see. Or they should hear. Or maybe understand with their hearts. In verse 16 it's haunting. Because it ties in to Herod. In our text he said that many prophets and righteous men had desired to see the things church which you see and they desired to hear the things that you have heard but they have not heard them oh I'm preaching today amen we don't have a famine of preaching we do not have a famine of information but what we have is and it's a tragedy and it's a it's a burden in my spirit today we have a loss for the hearing of the word of God. We have a loss. Amen. For hearing. Amen. Pure doctrine. We have, oh, I'm telling somebody I love when I hear the word of God. It don't have to be fast if it is fine. But if it's slow, fine. But I'm telling you, I don't ever want my ears to become so full that the preacher dies in my life. Not a famine of preaching. But I'm burdened today and I ask, I ask myself, do I hear the word of God today anymore?
does it affect me anymore? Or is there a silence that is blanketing us? That's called habit, ritual, or religion. The parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then comes the wicked one and catches the way that which was sown in his heart. It's vital to be able to hear the word of God. We read in our text there's a famine. We're going to talk about it. There's a famine for the hearing of the word of the Lord. But he said when you can't hear the word of God, you are a surety for the enemy to pluck from you every promise and every precedent and every principle and every covenant that was ever established in the old or the new testament I'm telling somebody whatever you do do not let your ears and your heart become hardened amen in this crazy world that will I'm telling you if you can hear the word of God you can make it if you can hear the word of God you're going to pull through if you can hear the word of God your marriage will last but I'm telling you there's got to be an old fashioned revival that jumps back inside of us uh, that says uh, I want to hear the word of God my pastor I was in his home and I heard him praying early one morning thankful for that it wasn't a new thing in our home and I walked into the living room there in the kitchen little bar area and uh, and he was weeping and I knew I could feel the Holy Ghost and he looked at me and he said, son, he said, I had a dream and tears begin to run down his face. And, and he said, son, we were, we were on some motorcycles and we had to get across this freeway, San Diego, three, four lanes on each side. And he said, I, I, I was filled with trepidation because I, I had to get you across and, and I had to get these other young men and he named them and I knew them very close to him. And, and, and he said, I had to get you across and, he said, so many times, son, I started to go, then only to stop myself knowing that if I went, I would die. And, and, and if I died, you'd never make it. And he said, finally, son, I made it. And as soon as I crossed the freeway navigating the cars, he said, I, I went up the steepest hill and, and went back and forth and, and, and trying to get that bike up there. And he said, I got to the top. And, and he said, son, there was a cliff that was tens of thousands. It was fathomless. There were, it was bottomless. There, it, there, there was no end in sight. And, and he, he said, son, as soon as I saw that cliff, I, I turned around. He said, I was frantic. I'm telling you, he's telling me this. And, and there's passion in him. And his heart's heaving. And there's tears running down his face. I'm crying. By this time, I can feel it. And, and he said, son... I turned around from that hill and he said, I saw you and I started waving and he said, I saw you trying to cross that freeway and you were excited and I, I, I saw youth and I, I, I saw just excitement, if you will, and, and you wanted to get with it and, and get through what you had to get through and some, I was screaming, I was praying, I knew you couldn't hear me, but I was doing everything I could and finally you made him. And you begin to climb this hill. And he said, son, I could hear the motor on that motorcycle. It was wound to the nth degree. And he said, son, you wouldn't look at me. And he said, I, I, I was beside myself. And he said, I was screaming and waving, knowing that there was a cliff. Uh, there, there, there was a place of judgment. And he said, son, finally at the last moment, you saw the hands and the voice of your daddy and your pastor. And you threw that bike down only to join me and turn and scream as the next young man came. 
But, but he began to weep even more. And he said, that young man, he never heard the voice. And he never saw the waving of the hands. And, and he flew off that cliff into an eternity. And I watched my pastor put his head on the bar and begin to weep. And I was weeping. I, I feel like preaching this today. God has sent His Word and His man to get our attention. I'm telling you, it's not to hurt us. It's to keep us from a surety and a demise that is before our time. I don't know why God placed this on my heart to preach this morning, but I'm here to preach to somebody. I don't know where you're at today, but I've got to hear from God. I don't know what you're going through today, but I've got to be able to hear His Word. I want to hear His voice. And I want it to move me with everything within me. Oh God, I've wondered, I've wondered many times sitting in services and preaching in pulpits and standing in the altars of a conference, looking into the blank eyes of saints and preachers that are disconnected. The 10 mile stare is so evident inside of them side of their eyes you can see the mirror of the unmoved and the uncaring the been there done that and I've heard that message before preacher God had become a distant memory now they stand disconnected in an altar oh, I've seen it before somebody weeping and pouring their heart out and standing next to them is the frivolity of the people that no longer hear the word of God Amos warns us in, in, in Amos chapter 8 of a separation, literally the Bible likens it and references a famine. Behold, the days come, Amos 8 and 11, saith the Lord God that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of the hearings of the word of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run, they want it. They believe in it. They love it. They're excited. Somewhere in their past, they, they had a connection. Somewhere before they pray, they run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and they shall not find it. I must preach today. What a strange prophecy that's unfolding. A mass of people that love God and want to hear God, but they simply cannot hear. What a sad predicament. Why can't they hear? That's what I want to preach today. Amen. That's what I want to get across today is why they could not hear. You see, it's tragic to watch people that won't hear the voice of God through their man of God. I've seen people with talent. I've seen people with anointing. I've seen people with a calling. But somewhere their ears got so full and so fat that the word of God had no entrance into, I'm telling you, if it can't get through your ears, it'll never get in your heart. It'll never get in your mind. It'll never get in your spirit. I've got to preach today. Long live the preacher. Long live the word of God. I remember Rialto, California. Her name was Angie Jacobs. She was beautiful. I use this story all the time because it impacted me. And I make it short. But I remember on the Sunday night when Pappy Buxton was preaching. I was on the altar and I was crying and praying. She was sitting back 
smiling with her arms folded. She'd been to church before, you know. She'd heard old-time preaching before. And he said, I, I really feel in my spirit, hon. He was so sweet and he was so kind. He said, you need to come pray. God, God's touch. And she smiled at him. I'll never forget turning from the altar as I was 12 or 13. I, I turned the altar and I saw something in here in her eyes that haunts me to this day. And it's marked my life. But, but that was on a Sunday night. And I'll never forget the next day after school learning that Angie in the back seat of a car in a minor fender bender had lost her life. I'll never forget when they told me the coroner's report said there was not a bruise on her body. There was not a broken bone. There was not one organ that had malfunctioned. She simply refused to live. See, when we reject the voice of the man of God, we abort the life. Amen. And the potential of God's ability that could work in us. Amen. Create in me a clean heart. See, it's an action. It's a process. But unless I can hear the breath, the pneuma, the creational word of God, and unless the preacher lives, I'll never have a hope. It's the reason everybody smiles, but nobody cries anymore. It's the reason why we're unmoved and unshaken in a sovereign presence of the Holy Ghost. It's why some pray for others, but never for themselves. Because the preacher died. You know, there's no more sure presage of ruin than an unhumbled heart in a humbling situation. And it makes me think when I read our text, Jesus responds to Pilate, but he would not talk to Herod. Jesus, I think about it with me. He talked to murderers. He talked to the demoniac. He talked to the devil himself. He talked to every uh, filth and ilk of life. He talked to people that were thieves. And he talked to people that were of the worst degrees. He talked to everybody in the Bible. You can never, I can never find another place. Where Jesus, he talked to people that were dead, but he talked to him. And when he talked to them, Lazarus, but, but here, here we find him. Jesus will not answer. Herod tries to get him to respond, but there is nothing. There is a silence. And I want you to understand today, and God's talking to us today. There's a reason why Jesus wouldn't talk to Herod. Why should we talk about it today? For this express reason. I cannot afford, nor do I want God to become silent in my life I've had moments in my young life where my prayers hit a brass ceiling and I'm telling you I vowed to God never ever again will I find myself in the void and vacuum of carnality where the, the voice of God and the preacher cannot affect me I don't want to come to church and sit there and not move I don't want to come to the house I didn't come to care meeting to look I came to hear from God. Ah, well, you're a preacher. I, I'm telling you, if I don't get the word of God, I'm nothing. Amen. Because God is the word, and the word is God. And you can't say, if we don't hear the word, we can't hear God. I don't want God to be silent in my life. I want His word to speak freely to me. 
Brother Booker, you were preaching. I felt the word of God begin to touch my heart. And tears welled up. Oh, never take that from me. I want the word of God. I want the word of God to convict me. I want it to reprove me. Amen. I want it to establish me. I want it to, to, to chide me. I want it to correct me. What am I preaching today? Long live the preacher in my life. Pastor, if you got to preach judgment, you preach it because I need it. Pastor, if you want to preach blessings, you preach blessings because I need it. If you want to preach instruction, you preach it. I'm an amen until you're done. Because I believe that the voice of the preacher lives. God, don't be silent. The rich young ruler had the right idea. He just had poor timing. Preacher! I don't even want a cup of water. Just dip your finger. You know that voice you walk by every service? Yeah, that voice. You, you know that conviction that you walk by and throw pittance to it on Wednesdays and Sundays? Yeah, yeah that, that voice. That preacher. Preacher, I'm tormented by the flames. I'm telling you, I, I, I wish you could... We could reverse it and see the frantic preacher that was trying to bridge a gulf that he did not put in place. I could see him screaming, Bubba, I love you. I, I, I never wanted this for you. But you've caused a separation in your life that now the words of my mouth can no longer bridge and overcome. I'm preaching to somebody. Don't wake up in torment wishing for the voice. I'm here today to tell you, you know what happened to the rich young ruler? He was blessed. He had it all. But some where the preacher died and when the preacher died there was a gulf that was fixed it could not be crossed had a dream about a young couple was preaching and I, I, I called him to me talked to him and in this dream young couple great tons of potential I was preaching, I was out of state, and told the pastor, and he agreed to tell him, and I, I'm not one of those guys that dreams all the time, but I, this dream I felt was from the Lord, and in this dream, the phone in the pastor's house rings, and he picks up the phone, and this, this couple, this man's wife, they had two little girls, was frantic, pastor, pastor, you could hear, you could hear the trauma, and you could hear trepidation in their voice pastor pastor you've got to get over here right now there, there, there's a huge snake in our yard and 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 i, I literally could see it in, in the dream and the snake was curled through every closet through the garage and every room and through the kids toys and the jungle it literally it was just smothering that house and it had it in in the confines of its coils and 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 i saw it and it blew my it filled their entire life there wasn't one part of them that that it wasn't there and and you could see the snake had just eaten something and then i begin to hear the phone call again pastor it got my babies pastor it got my curls pastor you got to get over here 
It ate them both. Can I tell you today, amen, that when that pastor, he come running down the street with a big knife, I'll never forget as long as I'm living. He hopped on top of the head of that snake to cut the head off. And you know what mom and daddy says? Pastor, can you save our babies without killing that snake? I've got to preach to somebody today. When we tune out the man of God and make a household pet of our own sin and iniquities, soon a surety of the death and demise of the voice of God will be your reward. In Genesis, the devil was a snake. In Revelation, he was a dragon. I'm tired of feeding hell with people's babies. I'm tired of feeding hell with ministries. I'm tired of feeding hell with anointing. Oh, how the mighty have... I'm telling somebody, we got to hear his voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They know my voice. Brother Booker preached the sin out of me. Pastor Shoemaker preached it out of me. Kill it, kill it, kill it. I want my family to be saved. Don't quit preaching, preacher. Preach to me. Come on, somebody. I won't get offended, Pastor. Preach to me. I won't, I won't leave. Preach to me. I won't get mad. Preacher, preach. I hurry today. The Herodians, they were a political group loyal to Rome. The Lion of Herod, literally puppet kings installed by Rome. Governors of a sort. You will, and you know what's amazing about the Herodians, and is that they were descendants of Esau. Literally, Herod, and to me this is powerful. Herod was the descendant of Esau, and Esau. Literally, when you begin to look at that, you find he was birthed out of silence. Herod was descendant of Esau. God made him a nomad. Pushed him out there. There was no more connection there was no more sacrifice and so we find we find Herod just doing basically what was in his family you know disobedience is costly but sacrificing on your own terms brings a despair and a loneliness and an abject separation from God that you cannot afford and I cannot afford can I tell you I've seen people try to outrun the void. I, I've seen them try to outlive the void. I've seen people try to live with the silence and, and, and try to cope with the absence of God. Oh, I'm telling you, I don't want to live one second without Jesus. I don't want to live one second without Jehovah. Jireh, my provider. No, 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 no. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house. Why am I preaching like I'm preaching? As a young man today, I don't want the word to go anywhere. I don't want old-fashioned apostolic preaching. To go anywhere. I still like the old past. I still like the old preaching. I'm here today to thank God for what we have. But in the midst of what we have, don't let the preacher die. My God, I feel like preaching today. Compromise ain't killing my preacher. Amen. Fashion ain't killing it. My peers ain't killing it. Long live. The man of God. Herod the great. Master builder. 
who built the temple for the Jews, yet killed babies at the time of Jesus. And, you know, Herod had three boys, Antipas, Archelaus, and Philip. And they weren't much. They weren't worth a whole lot, but they helped him rule. And then we find Herodias. And I'm getting where I want to get today. Herodias marries her uncle in Rome and divorces him. Marries Philip, divorces him, got with his brother Antipas. That's a mess. That's a real mess right there. And it's at this point, guess who shows up? The preacher. The voice. The forerunner. John the Baptist. Oh, the preacher got to, got to that house. And you know what's amazing about him? That I like he put his, he, he didn't dance around the tulips. He, he, he didn't try to. Uh, and I know we got to use tact and I, I believe in all that. But, but he walked in there. He said, Herodias, you're living in sin. And God don't like it. And you need to repent. I don't know what all he told her. But it had to be something like that. You need to get right. And what you're doing is not right. And, and he pointed out that, that it was wrong in the eyes of the Lord. Herodias should have thanked him. She should have loved him for it. She should have been thankful that God sent a preacher. You know what's amazing? We get mad when God sends the preacher. We get offended when God sends the preacher. Yet we get impatient when God... I'm here today to tell you, if Herodias would have listened to the voice, amen, history would be recorded different. I've come to preach to somebody here today. Amen. Come talk to me, preacher. You can talk to my kids. You can talk to my marriage. You can talk to my church. You can talk to me. Long live the preacher. And Herodias began to push on Herod. She began to nudge him. Which made him overstep his conscience. Anybody that will push you to ignore the voice of the man of God. Oh. You ought not to have that. Spouse, family, backslider. Well, you know, he's just a man. No, no. He's my man of God. Uh, well, uh, he, he, he's a human. Yes, he is. But he's got a supernatural calling upon that, that finite humanity. Christ in him. <laughs> the hope of glory. And so you know, you know what we do when somebody pushes on us? We, Herod, you see, Herod, Herod liked John. He had a reverence for him. He, he, he actually appreciated him. So Herod said, I'll bury the preacher in a dungeon so I can still be apostolic. I still believe it. I still live it. And I still have a pastor, but he's just down here where I want him. In a twisted way, John... Uh, he knew John was safe, buried deep there, but, but, but Herod did not realize the danger that he was in, and most of us never do. There are so many that have buried the voice of the preacher, but here today I feel like proclaiming on this Thursday at camp meeting in San Jose, California, it's time to let the man of God out. It's time to take the shackles off. It's time to tell your pastor, pastor, you just point the way and push the gas pedal. I'm behind you. I'll fight through a garrison I'll fight through a wall pastor you want a glass of water I know a whale that has the sweetest one you know who the greatest men were the men that said I'm going to take it you know why you needed water so his voice would work right David here's some water and David poured it out I'm here today to tell somebody the devil hates your pastor's voice the devil can't stand the preacher
preacher because when he preaches healing happens and deliverance happens and anointing happens and together happens oh my god have mercy when the preacher preaches life and life more abundantly happens my god Woo. but herod got trapped by his lust that was the final step that he took to violate the most sacred thing the most important thing see herod never heard when john's head left his body he was sitting there inebriated on lust and the wantonness of his flesh a guile I can see Herodias perched over there a little smirk on her face and she knew what was happening Herod didn't just kill the preacher that night he killed his conscience John the Baptist died buried in the recesses of a palatial dungeon but Herod didn't hear a thing it was just silent oh it must be okay I hear nothing it was the silent death of conscience it was the night the preacher died you know you never hear when you finally kill him for good none of us do Herod was unaware of what was happening to him that's why I'm preaching today with everything that's in my heart and I'm preaching to me my family today and we've got one of our ministers here brother Diaz and his great son great man of God and I love him I'm preaching to us today every time we sit unmoved in church the preacher dies every time we hear a message on Calvary I'm going to just say this our, te- our tears are absent the preacher's died somewhere Somebody gets up and reads Acts 2.38 and that's not cool enough or relevant enough and it's not a good enough message for us and, 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 and we need to hear something paralleled and sliced and diced and dotted and crossed and, and unless we hear that, some allegorical mystery that comes in, and I like those things that, that make sense at the end and the picture's painted, but I'm telling you, I, I just I heard old brother J.T. Pugh preaching on HDR the other day and he was just preaching it straight and real. I'm telling you, something got a hold of this show preacher's heart. I said, God in the midst of preaching don't let me forget the preacher in the midst of hearing oh God let me hear and in seeing God don't let me become blind can I, can I just say that in going to church don't let me be lost in preaching and trying to build a church don't let me lose it God in trying to have revival don't let me kill the preacher because I want more people don't let me kill the preacher because I want a building don't let me kill the preacher because of ambition Time we fill our eyes and hearts with junk, we're killing the preacher. Fast forward three years, I'm hurrying to a close. It's behind him now, you know, he's over it. Life has moved on, but you never get over killing the preacher. And Herod gets a word, and somehow it breaks through the shells of his shattered psyche and the dysfunction that he. They've grown accustomed to living in. Hey, Jesus wants to come, Herod, or we're going to send Jesus to you. I can see Herod as he stands up and, and he gets excited. The healer, the deliverer. 
I can't prove it, but I wonder how much of a revelation Harry really had. He was excited to see him for how many nights did he go to, man, I wish I could go back to church. I, I wish I could hear that preacher again. Brother Frazier, I, I wish I could get that altar again. And, uh, how many nights did he lay there in his bed as, as tears soaked the pillow? And he, he, the Bible said he was desirous for a long time. I, I really believe that Herod, amen, he had a revelation that's bigger than we give him credit for. Amen. And, and finally, finally, amen, Jesus is brought into his courtroom. Amen. And Jesus is right here. Hallelujah. Uh, Pastor Shumik, can you help me? I need you to be Jesus. You're good at it. Praise God. Can you? Uh, and so here's Jesus. And Herod comes out. And I'm so glad to see Hey, Jim, Jesus won't see. He, he just, he's catonic almost. Uh, Jesus, hey, man, I love you. I mean, it's been so long. I haven't been to church. I, I ain't heard preaching like that in so long. Hey, Jesus, hey, buddy. Man, we're still friends, aren't we? Hey, I love you, Jesus. Man, I, I've been hearing about all the stuff you've been doing. It's powerful. And, and, and literally, he began to get frantic. Something, he realized there was no longer a, a connection. There, there, he couldn't say, Jesus, Jesus. He began to get exasperated. Talk to me. Jesus, open that mouth that spoke worlds into existence. And I know you can fit. You know what Herod wanted? Herod wanted relief. Herod wanted a miracle. Herod wanted a brand new life. But the Bible says, Jesus, open not his mouth. Do a miracle. You don't have to do it for me. Do it for somebody else. The only person Jesus never talked to, Herod, he opened not his mouth. For Herod had killed his conscience, thus silencing the preacher. God's only entrance into our soul was through our conscience. That byproduct of the fall, musicians help me today. Our knowledge of good and evil, our built-in warning system. You know what happened to Adam and Eve? They got self-conscious. And the preacher died. They were no longer God-conscious. There was a separation. There was a void. There, it caused tragedy in their home, in their children, because that communion with the voice, that, that cool of the evening besides the waters of creation had been eradicated. It was no longer there. I hear Jesus, I hear the voice, and I hear it today. He's looking for, uh, can I dare say today, uh, humbly, I, I hear the voice reaching to a, a burdened preacher. I hear the voice of God reaching to a weary say, ah, I can hear Jesus as he's rustling through the underbrush. He's looking for you. Adam, where are you, Bob? Adam, I miss you. But Adam couldn't hear the voice, and so he was hiding, masking his sin. Amen. With the covering of more, I'm preaching to somebody today. Oh, it's time to run back to the voice. It's time to run back to the place. Fellowship. You know, the definition of conscience is the faculty of recognizing the difference between right and wrong. The conscience, that little preacher inside of you says, don't don't, don't go there. But you know, 
as much as it's a powerful thing, it's a such a small thing and it's easily trodden and trampled. It's easy to turn up the volume of life and out-preach the preacher. And no longer that still small voice that says, this is right, it's wrong, it's gone. Forgot to bring a clothes hanger today, but you know, so easy to bend. Your fingers, a child can do it. But your conscience, that preacher inside of you, is like that clothes hanger. You can bend it, you can twist it, you can contort it. But you hear me today, and I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, you can never get it back how you got it. Talk about the night that the preacher died. As we all stand. Something that scares me today is waking up and not being able to discern between right and wrong. Can I take it a step further, church? Standing in the house of God, clapping and singing and going to hell and I don't even know it. That scares me to death. Can I go a little bit further? Preaching and feeling the power of the anointing and not even knowing that something has died and I'm going to hell because the preacher died. Standing at another conference, rubbing shoulders, and I don't even know the preacher is dead. As we begin to pray in this house, I'm asking somebody to take special care of the voice of the preacher. Nineteen eighty four, the Spanish airline Ivanica crashed. Almost two hundred people died. As always, they find the little black box, the conscience of the preacher, if you will. They began to look at it the last couple of minutes before this plane on a bright sunny day flew into a low foothill, not even a mountain, very well marked. This plane, for no reason, crashed. They said that the tape began to say the word shrilly, pull up, pull up. Little klaxon warning begin to reverberate through the car. Pull up! The tape records the voice of the pilot, and I quote, and he said, Shut up! And flipped off the preacher, the switch, the voice. And mere, late, mere minutes later, the plane crashed into a ravenous fireball that consumed men, women, boys, and girls. Because a voice was ignored. Innocence dies because a voice was unheeded. Families that did not have to suffer found themselves in a situation that they never, never anticipated. In closing today, the tragedy of an unheeded voice is we don't have to go to that degree and we don't have to wake up in that pig pen and we don't have to find ourselves broke and busted. But if we can yet hear the word of God, can you hear it today? I feel the Holy Ghost saying, pull up somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost saying, pull up somebody. Come on, come on somebody, pull up right now and lift your hands all over this house. You need to hear me today. You need to hear me today. Jesus didn't talk to Herod because God sent Herod a preacher and Herod cut his voice, his head off.
You know why God didn't talk to Herod? Because Herod killed the preacher. He cut his head. When you cut the head, when you silence the voice, God himself cannot even talk to you. Somebody pray. Long live the preacher. How can we hear without a preacher? How can we be? We can't be saved without a watchman on the wall. The man of God. The gift to you and I. The voice. The preacher. Come on, Saint of God. I know we've been doing. I've been to church uh, since I was four days old. I've slept through more services than some will ever go. But today, hear my heart. Long live the preacher. I open these altars today. Herod's conscience was tied to the preacher. My ability to think right is tied to my man of God. My, uh, my ability to facilitate decision and thought process, it's tied to the man of God. Oh, thank God. Thank God for my pastor. Thank God for my voice. Thank God for my preacher. Ah, oh, feel that deep touch of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. In Brother Booker's text, he said, God sent a word. I'm preaching today about long live the word. Long live the preacher. I'm so glad. I look over here. I see men of God like Brother Booker. Brother Booker, hear me today. Preach to me. Don't ever quit preaching out of Brother Prado, preach. Brother Jackson, preach. Brother Holmes, preach. Long live the preacher. My God, I feel a burden in here. I may be preaching to a backslider. Come on. Let the word have entrance again. Because where the word is, there's life. And where there's life, there's hope. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Don't let this be another message. Come on. We judge messages now because the preacher has died. Amen. I don't want content. I want a man of God to preach to me. Preach to me. Preach to me. As we're praying, they're fixing to sing. Nothing's taking a battering today like the ministry, the preacher. Can I tell you today, hell's trying to kill your man of God. You hear me. You hear me. I know what I'm talking about. Hell's trying to kill the voice. But can I tell you today, hey man, if we'll lift up his hands and say, long live the preacher, Israel prevailed. Because the man of God yet had a voice. Come on, can you hear the voice? I wonder today, can you hear what I'm preaching? Do you hear what this preacher's preaching? Right? Is, it, is there entrance into your soul? Or is it just words? Is it just rhythm and cadence? Or is the preacher preaching today? Am I listening? Am I hearing? I know I can see it, but am I seeing it? I know I'm hearing it. I hear the songs as I, I hear this one God, but in hearing, do I really hear? 
Does the voice have entrance into your life today? Somebody help me pray. Yes. Oh God, come on somebody, come on somebody. I don't want to form a golly just with no power. Long live the preacher, long live the preacher, long live the preacher. Hallelujah. <laughs> come on preacher, it's not a message, it's a word from God. Come on Moses, don't hit the rock. Because when you lift your hands, Israel stopped to hear a voice from the heaven. And when you hit the rock, they heard you because the preacher died. When the preacher dies, even the preacher doesn't get across to Canaan. How long has it been since red hot tears? Burn down your face. You curl up at an altar and the preacher left again. How long has it been? How long has it been? Your majesty to be still and know you're in this place. There it is. I feel it. I feel a river running back through this house. Word of God speaks and falls. Pour down I pray. Washing my eyes to see. Sing it, somebody. I'm in control. You're in this place. I got you. I got your back. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I feel the Holy Ghost. Please, please don't kill the preacher. Please don't silence his voice. Please, please. I know, I know we go to church all the time. I know we go to conferences all the time. But my God, we can't kill the preacher. Somebody say.
Carson City, I'll never forget this. I'll leave you with this. We had our very first staff meeting we'd ever had, and I was so proud. I'll never forget, I just got done preaching a message called Why Almost Is Never Enough, and I was preaching to me more than anybody. And in that staff meeting, there were some words that come down a table and ran a hole through my heart you could drive a bus through I'll never forget we this is not a complaint this is a testimony God's been so good I I love it I just I hope this helps somebody and the words that begin to hit my heart and and I remember just sitting there and I said man I'm going to have to just take this and I felt the hand of God on my shoulder said I'm going to take care of this. I remember getting in my truck after that meeting and driving down, dropping into Carson Valley in my, my red truck. And I was so broken. Please take this in the right way. I remember we were so excited. We moved out of our trailer from evangelizing. We have a stick of furniture, but we were happy in the Lord God. Bags of clothes. And living by faith and God was getting a lot of me out of me and teaching me how to <clears throat> hear the voice of the preacher man I felt like I was doing everything I could to just push forward and my heart I'm telling you it felt like somebody ran red hot iron through it and I, I wept all the way home I went home I laid in the pillow and I, I bawled and wailed I'll never forget it and I cried that night. I couldn't sleep. And somewhere around 4.35 that next morning. I wish he was here today, but I picked up that phone and I dialed that old number that is so familiar to me. I typed it in. Something inside of me knew that the preacher was already awake. Rang a couple times and I heard that gravelly voice of my pastor and I called him pastor and he said son I didn't call him down and said pastor I'm telling you something began to come out and I began to weep and I began to apologize to him for ever hurting or wounding or speaking out of turn or just even in ignorance just trying to help and, but I'm telling you when I heard that deep gravelly voice it was like a hedge of protection came across the phone and armed. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. It was like the arms of God wrapped around my soul. And I'm telling you, something broke in me that day and it broke and it needed to be broken. And he began to pray in a voice I've heard since I was a baby. And I realized that the preacher still lived. And as long as as the preacher lived there was hope for me does anybody want to hear the voice of your man of God today can we lift our hands and pray one more time does his voice have entrance right now oh oh pastor thank you 
Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. I didn't think I could make it through that night, but oh, oh, oh when I heard the voice of the preacher. I wonder, does your pastor's voice have an entrance into your life? Uh, are we listening? Why don't you just lift your voice again and let's reach out to God. Come on all over the building. Lift up your hands. Lift up your heart. Lift up your spirit to the King of Kings. There's no need for me to add anything that was preached here, preached under a tremendous anointing, truth. But I would tell you that there were some statements made that might, may not have been caught by everyone on the, the level of importance that they are. But the office, the office of true apostolic ministry is under attack today but that means more than just the pastor 
evangelist, whomever is under attack. It means when that office is under attack, it's not just the pulpit that's under attack. It's the pew that's under attack. And not only is the enemy trying to weaken the ministry, he's been doing Sir, this since let's the birth give that of the to church. Him. He's been after ministry. But the next wave of attack is attacking the ministry in the pew. And he's trying to eliminate the influence in your life. Because you can get on the internet right now and find a preacher anywhere. But only God can give you a pastor. And a lot of people have made the mistake by thinking, I have options in preachers. You do. But we have no options in pastors. And if we're going to be saved, there has to be a revelation that I'm going to follow that man even though there are things about him that are imperfect. I'm not talking about sin. I'm just talking about humanity. Because remember, he is still loving you and he knows you're imperfect. So we have to allow the humanity of ministry to never, ever eliminate the voice of the supernatural. And I want to challenge us all as we leave here. I heard a wise man say one time, never take out of your pastor more than you put in him. We need to really bind together and pray for ministry and pray for saints and churches that God would strengthen the relationship for this end time hour. Thank you, Brother Buxton, for a fit word, a stirring word. Good old-fashioned apostolic conviction was moving in this place and still is right now. Amen. Let's lift our hands once again before we dismiss ourselves and let's thank God for His Word today. touch of his spirit why don't you come back early tonight and we're going to start service at 7 p.m. in the prayer room and let's bind together and believe for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost pray for Brother Frazier today as you pray that God will